Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip tackles questions such as, what should I do with all of the money I've saved from COVID-19? What does the 200-day moving average mean, and what does it do? Why do you say you can't just buy and hold anymore? What is a wealth manager? Plus, a special interview with Muay Thai trainer TJ Johnson. And now... Here's Philip. So y'all, we are back with another episode of Ask Philip, and today I have a, a special guest, a childhood homie, uh, TJ Johnson, and we're going to talk about his story of how he followed his passion. It took him to Thailand, became a top Muay Thai fighter. I'm going to let him give you all those details, but before we get into that, I'm going to go ahead and answer uh, a couple of questions about that I got in. So, so, and TJ, just so you know how the podcast goes, I, I normally get like five to seven questions in about money. And so I'll answer a couple before I interview a couple after. You could feel free to, you know, chime in if you got anything. And after our interview, if I keep, when I keep uh, answering questions, you can either check out or stay in for the questions. But that's how we'll roll. So first question. What should I do with all of the money I've saved from COVID-19? The context of that is I've had a lot of conversations with people who have saved quite a bit of money since COVID-19. It's been financially devastating for some, but for a lot of folks that still were able to work and didn't have to pay for gas, didn't have to pay for daycare, was not eating out as much, wasn't needing to buy as many clothes, a lot of folks have just stacked up money, and I'm getting a lot of questions about, hey, Philip, what do I do with money? And and so it leads me to a simple system, right? I like to have systems that allow me to just n- not have to think, right? Since we're doing an episode on fighters or with, with a fighter and a master mindset strategist and all that kind of stuff, we'll, we'll use a fight analogy, right? So it's like when you're fighting and you train, you get to a point to where your reflexes and your body kind of reacts because you built it into your human programming. So the same thing I like to do with money. It's, it's hey, we have a system. If so much money comes in, X percentage goes here, X percentage goes here, X percentage goes here, no matter what the amount. If it's money we count on or money we we don't count on, it's, it's the same process. And so I encourage people to say, hey, if you have extra money, and you don't have a system, let's start with building a system. And, a, and, and here's a simple version of my system. The system is the first 20% that comes in, we put that to a splurge account. Right? A splurge account can be, uh, for us, it's I have an account for, for, my stuff that I like to, for my Adidas I like to buy or my shirts I like to buy or whatever I want to buy, video games. Lately, I've been buying a lot of Muay Thai stuff, and we'll talk about that. That's been uh, depleting my splurge account <laughs> or I've been investing in that. My wife has hers, and then we have a family one, so that's 20%. 60% covers the basic living expenses, food, gas, groceries, utilities, all that kind of stuff. And then the other 20% goes to paying off student loans, saving, and investing, right? And we have a percentage for that. And and people are always like, well, Philip, how much should I put towards saving, investing, or student loans? Like, It doesn't really matter. Just like break it up. If you think about it too hard, then just... Divide it by three and put that amount in there. But just don't overthink it. Have a system. And so when you have extra money, you're like, okay, cool. My basic living expenses are not going to basically change. And so maybe I'll take 20% of this extra money, put it in my splurge account, and put the other 80% towards my saving, investing, and paying off debt. And just keep it super simple. Like, don't overthink it. And that, in my opinion, is, is what you should do with your extra savings. Next question. What does the 200-day moving average mean, and what does it do? That, that, that's a good question. So, and, and let me give you, like, the psychology around human beings and anthropology. By the way, this is not based on, like, actual science. This is just my observation, one man's point of view. But if you look at everything in life, like, everything in life cycles, everything in life trends, right? We got fashion trends. We have consumer trends. We have trends in entertainment an example of that might would be the downfall of baseball as it's trending lower. Hockey is super irrelevant. Boxing is not as good as it was before. UFC is picked up. And a, a future trend, and we'll talk about this with, with TJ, I, I think Muay Thai is at the beginning of a, of a big trend. There's weather trends, right? In, in, in the investment world, there's investment trends. And so a 200-day moving average is basically a way to statistically measure the trend because when you're when you're building the decision-making process, you need to have objectivity. You, you can't leave, at least in my opinion, a, a subjective 
a data point because it, it leaves you open to emotion. Because investing, the name of the game is removing emotion and acting unemotionally no matter what's happening, right? You got things happening real fast. You got to suppress greed. You got to suppress fear. And that is going to influence you no matter how strong you are. But if you have a subjective process that allows you to measure things like trend mathematically, statistically, without emotion, this helps. And the 200-day moving average is it's not the only thing that you can use, but it's a good way to measure, okay, what is the trend? And, and, and here's how I might use it. And so I, I have a rule. I never invest in any stocks that are, let me not say never because that's a super strong word, but I almost never, as a rule, invest in anything that's under 200-day moving average because that means the trend is like down. It's, it's, it's not a good trend. If it's above the 200-day moving average, then I'll think about investing. It's not, it's not an automatic investment, but it's like it needs to be above the 200-day moving average for me to consider investing in that. And so you can use that for individual stocks. You can use it as even an economic indicator. The, the S&P 500, which is the 500 largest stocks in the U.S., it measures the health of American companies. And so you might say, hey, if the S&P 500 is below the 200-day moving average, which it had been for the last couple of months, then then that is no bueno for for the economy. It recently, as of this week, I believe, crossed the 200-day moving average, maybe, maybe late last week, and you've seen kind of a, a little market shift. And there's some nuances because it doesn't mean that the market, that we're out of the clear because you want to see how long it stays above the 200-day moving average. But this is nuances that I'm not going to cover in this answer. But the point is, it is a trend indicator and a way to mathematically, objectively put a data point on there. Hey, here's a data point that I want to use in my decision-making process. And it's not based on my emotions, my opinion, my point of view. Like, it's just subjective. And a lot of folks in the market look at it. Hey, side note, TJ, while I, I talked about that, what do you think about the whole Muay Thai trend thing? Do you think that's like coming, coming, getting bigger? I actually do. But uh, sadly, I kind of, I feel as though America is behind, behind, the, behind the curve, if I can use that term, as far as the style, as far as the, 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 the scoring, the knowledge, it's not really here yet. Mm. You know what I mean? Matter of fact, I, every year they have games in Thailand, it's called the IFMA Championship. It's kind of like a, a mini Olympics for Muay Thai. And uh, we had some guys from the American team do pretty well, but for the most part of the last few years, I mean, we've been getting dusted by everybody. <laughs> everybody. Germany, Mexico, Italy. I mean, so we have, we have a lot of work to do, but I can't say that as a whole, America is getting better. Yeah, and, 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 and this gets into how we re-engaged, right? Because it's, A, let me give everybody some background, right? So, so TJ and I met ninth grade over in Mission Bend, Southwest Houston. <laughs> yes. And, and, and from and and from my homie DRC, who might be listening, he'd be like, "You ain't from Houston. You ain't live in Houston." I was like, no, bro. Like we actually lived in Houston. That was not a leaf and Hastings on 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 our <laughs> part. Like we lived in we lived in Houston, right? So yeah. so so grew up playing playing basketball, man, and. And, and grow and and I hope I hope you don't mind. I'm I'm a I'm a paint this in in a good way. But what I noticed about TJ man was he was passionate about fighting. Like I, we go to his room and in his room was Roy Jones. Roy Jones. Yeah, yeah, Roy Jones yeah. all over there, all pictures all over there. It, it just was like a, 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 yeah. a room that was kind of a, a a shrine to boxing, man. And he just yeah. man, he loved fighting. You know, at an early age, meet me, me, me at the park at four thirty. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I, I joke to my wife. I say, man, I, th- I think uh, I think TJ fought everybody we played basketball with except me, man. I don't know why we never <laughs> fought. I mean, I, I'm glad, you know, because I definitely would have lost. But uh, yeah, yeah, man. I say, I, I say, I, I say, but it wasn't, you know, he wasn't like a mean dude. He just like he liked to fight. And if you, you know, yeah. yeah. So that's how we connected, and then life happens, and so I, I had got my son into martial arts he was studying like sambo and you know karate i don't know i don't even know style of karate they were doing but and their deal shut down and i was like look i've been thinking about getting back in shape and and doing some more martial arts but i didn't want to do that like i wanted to either do boxing kickboxing and then i saw mm-hmm. and i had reconnected with you know with tj on instagram and saw he instagram. was this he was this big muay thai guy now i mean like big time man and you and you can correct me but like you were muay thai max is like a like the ufc for muay thai and uh, everywhere but America that everybody yes. pays attention to, and you were like a top fighter with a great record, um, yes, one of the yes. top American fighters, right? Is that? Yes, yes, of course. So, and um, the 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 main stadium that I fought on, of course, when you get there, they just don't throw you on the on TV. You know, what I mean? you have to fight locally. 
So when I got there, I fought locally a few times and then I got moved to Mac Stadium. Okay. And when I first started fighting there, if you, if you go back to a few years ago, I started at the bottom of the poster. You know what I mean? Fighting on Sunday, this and that. Dude. And the, the, the platform was it's always foreigners against ties. Mm. So that's the, that's the platform. So on the blue side is all foreigners. So Germany, like I said, Germany, Italy, all countries of the world versus ties. And you fight on Sundays. The big show is on Sundays. So I started on a Friday night show, moved up to Saturday, and eventually I got to the main, the main events, main event on the Sunday show, which mm. was, uh, you know what I mean? That's, that's it. That's it. You made it. So I did okay. Yeah, I did okay. So, so, so let's fill in the gap. So, so from, from when we left high school, kind of how'd you end up fighting at the biggest stage in, 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 in Muay Thai? All right. Well, you know, Phil, I really, I really don't like to talk too much about myself, but uh, <laughs> I'll make an exception. It's your show. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. So after after high school, man, you know, I, I immediately went to the to the military. Fat, traveled a little bit. Fast forward. Um, end up getting married, and then it fell into that to that cycle, that program, the matrix, if you want to call it. Got the house. Uh, have a job. My wife have a job. We have a couple kids, and then you know that's when everything that started. Flying by holidays, birthdays, go to this teachers meeting, go over here and drop off, drop off. You know, it was just boring. Mm-hmm. And so, however, one day I was driving home from church and um, I saw an MMA sign. I'm gonna like, try this out, man. I've been lifting weights and stuff. This is getting boring now. Let me just try it out. I've always liked to fight, like you said. And so, when I walked in, immediately fell in love with it. It was actually the coach holding the private. It was MMA training, mixed martial arts. He was holding a private and just by me watching and I'm like, damn, this is it. I hadn't even started yet and I signed up. You mm. know what I mean? Uh, fast forward a little bit. Once I got into the MMA for a couple of months, I really wasn't a fan of the of the grappling, the jujitsu part. So, you know what I mean? You know, you know, brothers, we, <laughs> I like to stand up and bang. I don't really like to wrestle too much. And so I switched schools and did complete Muay Thai, authentic Muay Thai. So trained that for a few years. Um you know, still, still, still living a normal life, fighting amateur, and then on my last fight, I was working night shift. This was in two thousand and was it fifteen? Yeah, two thousand and fifteen. I was working night shift, six p.m. to six a.m. And so I had I scheduled myself for a fight with my coach. He put me in for a fight. So I really couldn't didn't have a chance to train. I was working nights. My wife worked days, so we were passing each other by, and so I fought and I lost bad <laughs> you know what I mean and so I asked myself okay I just lost this fight I just just changed I just changed gyms so it was kind of like okay my first loss I had won seven fights in a row first loss you know, I was new to the gym so it wasn't like I was talking to anybody anybody it's just calling and saying it's gonna be all right or this and that I, I didn't know I really didn't know anybody at the gym so it was like okay I'm by myself and I had just started that job and I invited all these guys to my fight <laughs> and they saw me take a, a massive L, but it's okay. It happens. So I begin to ask myself, all right, the way I'm living, I'm still working nights. I just took an L on this amateur fight. I'm not getting good training during, during my whole training camp. I was, I would work 6 PM to 6 AM. Then I was working off. I was working off, work, working, um, at, working on the North side. I would get off at six, six thirty. Drive down to the gym downtown. Takes me like an hour and a half to get there. Nobody's mm-hmm. there. Mm. You know what I mean? But I'm dedicated. So I would train best I could. Skip rope, do back work for an hour or whatever, then come back home. You can't fight like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can't fight like that. If you want to be good, you have to really put your time and you have to be focused. So I asked myself after that loss, all right, what's going to happen? It's either two things I can do. I can just let it go and just continue to work and just fade into obscurity or... I can dedicate myself and really try to make something happen. And around that time, I had started a new way of thinking. And um, I just wrote it down. What do I really want in life? If I can have one year to do anything I wanted in life, and it's guaranteed 100% I was going to be successful, what would I do? Mm. And you know what? I I would go to Thailand and I would train and I would fight Muay Thai because I love it. Well, TJ, why aren't you doing that? Good question. You know what I mean? So that's where everything started, sir. So I wrote it down. I... That was part of the, that was part of my new way of thinking, write it down. So I wrote it down. I began to contemplate on it. I began to give all my energy to it. I want to go to, I want to go to Thailand and do this and do this. And then the questions that started coming and answers started coming. Mm. All right. What's the first thing I need to do? Okay. I need a passport. I need this. 
But before I let, I need to get my wife on. So I text her. I text her. I mean, remind, remind you, I'm working at night. So it's about 2 3 in the morning. I text her. So I'm like, um, yeah, let's move to Thailand. <laughs> so, <laughs> I saw Bubbles on the phone. Saw Bubbles. And no, no, no lie, man. She was like, all right, let's do it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That, that is phenomenal, man. That, that and it, it, it didn't end there, sir. It didn't end there. So after that, we, um, I started this new way of thinking, started applying these principles, right? Wrote it down. I mean, I, I, I would put pictures on my screensaver of Thailand. I didn't know where to start. You know what I mean? So, but I'm just, I'm just using the path. I'm, I'm using the knowledge. Let me see if this really works. And um, answers started coming, Phil. I can't explain it, man, but it's, it, it, it happened. 18 months later, my wife and I are on a plane headed to Thailand. Mm. So, 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 you know, I've been listening to podcasts so I can be prepared for this uh, meeting. So, the, like, I, I heard Phuket is like the place that, you know, I guess when you first go, you go, but it's kind of like, you know, when you go to New Orleans, you go to French quarters and, you know, but that's not really where like people really hang out, but it's where all the outside people come. So where, where was the first place y'all went? Did y'all go to Phuket? Um, well, when we first touched down, when we first got to Thailand, we went to, um, we, we were in Bangkok. Okay. We were there for about, I don't know, two weeks, maybe. And um, just, to, just to get used to the field. I mean, we had never been to the country. So, I mean, we're excited. Mm-hmm. So after that, we moved to a city called Hua Hin. All right. It's a small town. If it's comparison, if you compare Bangkok to New York City, mm-hmm. Hua Hin would be like Galveston. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, big, small big town. Job. Exactly. Yeah. It looks like it. You know what I mean? Beach city, very small, not a lot of tourists. Phuket, that's more, that's more like, I would say, a Miami. Okay. You know what I mean? Still a beach town, but a lot of foreigners there, a lot of travelers. So that's the comparatively speaking. So I went to a small town, a, a smaller gym, and that's where everything happened, sir. That's where I, I really developed my style. It was a, it was a gym called Citropo. How'd you find yeah, it? Did you just kind of wander around in Bangkok and kind of asking around? No, no, no. Um, well, after we left Bangkok, we went to Hua Hin. And part of the new way of, the, the new way of thinking, my, my, my new philosophy of life, it was to put a vision boards. Okay. So I had did my home, homework before we left. And it was a, a gym that I had chose. Mm. And it was, it, was so, it was so dope online. Oh, yeah. If you want to be... Fight Muay Thai, you have to train with all ties and this and that and blah, blah, blah. They sold me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so that's the vision that I had. Like, this is where I'm going. This is, I don't care. This is, this, this is it. So I put that on the vision, my, my vision board. We get to Hua Hin. I have the taxi cab, take Daisy and I to this, to this facility, to this camp. And uh, that's what they call them out there. They don't call them gyms. They call them camps because mm-hmm. you train outside, right? So I get to the camp. And um, I don't know about you, sir, but I'm, I'm big on energy. You know what I mean? You can lie, but your energy can't. Mm, oh, facts. So when, I, when, I, when I meet the guy, I, I just didn't feel good about it at all. You know what I mean? So I listened to myself and I was like, okay, man, I, I'll be back. And so it's another, it's another camp that I knew about. It's called Sitchapo. It really wasn't um, on my radar, but I knew of it. Okay, so this first spot isn't it. So let me check out this next spot. So my wife and I drive there and the head trainer, we meet him and it just felt good. It felt good. And so that's where I went. And that's why I stayed for about for about three and a half years. And, and, and let me add, because you said something that, and and as we have been talking lately over the last couple of weeks, and you've been training me, and we get you know re, reconnecting. I, mm-hmm. It's amazing how how similar we are because you 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 mentioned like energy, and that's something that I, I'm the same way. Like Kelly will, I'll meet somebody, and I'll say I don't like I don't like him or her, and she'd be like, "You're so judgmental." I say, "No, no, I just I, I was like just just as as a kid from a gift." You know, it, yes. it was put in me that I can I can read energy. You know what I'm saying? And I'm yeah. almost always right. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll get an initial reaction, but I won't act on it. I'll just watch, and then yes. you know, and then things will play out, and I'll be like, oh yeah, I was right. And I mean, 99 percent of the time, I'm right. You know, one percent I might be wrong because of some prejudice or bias I I might have. You know, um, <laughs> but most of the time, yeah, like that, that, that intuition, that intuition is real, sir. Yeah, I mean, what, where do you think, where do you think it comes from? I mean, do you think it's kind of just a spiritual gift that some people have, or some people don't, or like what? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, where does that come from? Well, well, me personally, I believe that. And all right, Phil, as a friend, just let me know if if if, if I get too deep or I go off the deep end. All right. <laughs> no, go ahead, man. This, this <laughs> is why we having a conversation. I want you to go deep. All right. So I, I personally believe that. All right, it's it's a law that I study. All right. It's called the law of vibration. 
All right, everything vibrates at a certain movement, right? Mm-hmm. So have you ever thought why birds of a feather flock together? That's true. That's true. Right? Because mm-hmm. yes, because people think on a certain they they think on they think a certain way. They act a certain way. So I feel as though when you meet somebody, if they aren't near your level of thinking or vibration, I feel as though you get that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Kind of like if I'm driving in my car and I put on some 1970s hard rock and roll. You know, I don't I don't vibe with that music, so it's gonna it's gonna make me feel some type of way, man. Let me turn this off. I, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I feel as though it's the same when it comes to people that you meet. For us, you you that's the energy. You can't hide it. No facts. No, I get it. I yes. I, I believe in that. Like at a at a at a Adams level, man. It, matter of fact, I'm you know I'm 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 gonna go for a story here just for folks know because I think I think I'm past like the ten year ten year uh, rule or whatever. But it was like Beautiful. it was it was like back in the day, like I had like a year time period where I smoked weed, right? And it was one time I don't remember what we were listening to, but we were listening to something deep, and we have we have been smoking. And then somebody said, Philip, can you like feel the atoms move and rotate? Because we had just we had just learned about like. The whole concept you're talking about where like um like even at an atom level, like if an atom if you're around somebody and the atoms are going one way circular and somebody else is going the other, but y'all like kind of get in sync, then their atoms move the same way as yours, like at an atomic yes. level. And so and so we were like, Man, I, f- I feel the atom sinking. But but it took that moment for me to be like, Oh, I get it. Like, you know, at a molecular level, like you know, scientific because mm-hmm. up until that point it seemed like spiritual mumbo jumbo. But I'm like, no, nah, man, this stuff is like laws, like facts. Like this isn't yes. like this isn't like magic. Like this is real life. So no, I get it. Yes, yes. And I, I actually, like I said, once I started studying, you know what I mean, and applying it, my friend. My whole life changed. My whole life changed. Uh, I was going to say, far, okay, so when we get to Huihin, me and my wife are there. Um, before we left, again, we didn't know anything. We didn't know about passports. We hadn't, my wife had never, my wife had never even flown on the plane. You know what I mean? We didn't know about, okay, schooling. We didn't know any, about any of this. But when I put that idea in my head, my friend, all of this stuff, I don't want to just use this word, but I use it anyway we began to attract everything that we needed. Mm. You know what I mean? And so with that principle, that's how, I, that's how, that's how I made it through Thailand. So after we get to Hui Hin, I was there, I don't know, maybe about three weeks and I fought one and did, did very well. Three weeks. Yeah, man. It, it's different out there. <laughs> it's different out there. And it's kind of like when you get there, because I, I you got to think I was, I wasn't a, a complete beginner. I had been training for about three years already. That's right. That's right. You know Yeah. I had been fighting already amateur. Okay, and then when I fought amateur, when you say amateur, you might think of like some some bull crap. No, it was like regular fights. We didn't have no shin guards on. We didn't have none of that stuff on. Only thing is, you can throw elbow, you can throw knees to the head. You can do all that stuff. You just can't throw elbows. You know what I mean? So it's like a legit fight, mm-hmm. but this without elbows. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when I got there, he already saw the head trainer. Already saw I had a little little bit of skill, and they put you. They make you fight locally just to see where your heart is at see how you react to see what they need to work with you on. So they take fighting so much different out there, man. That's the way it should be in my opinion. It's kind of like if you win or if you lose, it doesn't matter. What did you learn? How can you get better? Kind of like pick up up basketball, right? Exactly. 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 We got there and shoot, man. And one year, man, I had 2018 in 12 months, I had 10 fights. (laughs) Man. Fought locally, did well, and um, that's what happened, man. You just keep going up. You go up. When I got to max, I fought, but I broke my nose. Well, I didn't break it. That other guy broke it. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had to take a little time off. But when I got back, I was on a rampant. You know what I mean? I I was on a tear. And I had used that time when I broke my nose. I used that time to better myself. You know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. even after my nose had got healed, they still wasn't booking me with fights. You know what I mean? So that whole time I'm asking myself like, man, what, what is it? What, what I look inward, what aren't I doing? Maybe I'm not training hard enough. Maybe, maybe I don't know enough. Maybe that's why they're not putting me on TV, whatever, whatever. And so instead of complaining and just leaving the gym I was at and trying to do this and do that, I went inside and I became better and I used that time to grow. And once my uh, trainer was like, okay, we, we have you fight in two weeks, three weeks. All right, cool. And after that I won and then I just started going on the tier. I was fighting every month, man, every month. And, and so, like, what what was your what's an example of like your your training, daily training regimen or weekly training regimen? Uh, 
Okay, yes, because I was I was a professional. They train us a little bit different than normal people. Okay, so I wake up at five. I would do a little little meditation for about 30 minutes, get ready to go to the gym. I get there about six, you know, before everybody else, and I would jog for an hour. Mm. Come back at seven. Everybody else is kind of just warming up and stuff like that. Then I would start my my jumping rope, 15 minutes. Then I would do my bag work. Nobody remind you, nobody's telling you anything. Class has already started, but the model out there is you already know what to do mm. if you're a professional. You know what I mean? They don't have anybody telling LeBron James to go and go do this or go do that. You know what I mean? Right. He knows what to do. So I would do my bag work for about 30 minutes. Then I do maybe some pad work, some clinching, and then um, sit-ups, push-ups, pull-ups, and then I'll leave. So that takes about maybe two, two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. You go home and rest. Then you come back at four o'clock. You run for 30 minutes because it's much hotter out there during, during the evening time. So you run for 30 minutes, come back, do the same thing, skipping rope, bag work, pad work, maybe four rounds, four rounds at four minutes apiece. Then after that, we were clenching. Then we would spar, sit-ups, pull-ups, push-ups, and then you go home and start over. Hmm. You know, you do that six days a week, twice a day. And then you will fight, probably you'll fight once a month, maybe every six weeks. Take a week off, and then you'll start it over. Man. And that was life, bro. That was life for like three and a half years. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and David start training too, right? Yes, man. That's 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 the phenomenal part about it, the way everything works, right? We had a plan, right? We had no idea. So we have our kids. Nobody, we didn't have any kind of blueprint to do to of, of what to do with our kids because what we done, nobody had ever done before as far as moving their whole family over there. Right. And it wasn't like we was just some we had nothing else. I mean, we had a five-bedroom house. I worked in the oil field. My wife was uh, the top salesman in, 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 in her company. You know, you, you know our kids. You've seen our kids already. Mm-hmm. Cars, motorcycles. And you know what? This is the program. What else is there? Mm-hmm. It's just working at night, passing my wife for, for, for an hour when she goes to work, and then I come in from night shift. What else is there? You know, so. Right, that's right. That's what happened, man. I, I, yeah, I really just, uh, it's, just to even think about it. Crazy, yeah, no, d- d- definitely. Because I, I started thinking, I'm like, man, like, what do we do for school? Like, how do we, you know, yeah. you, you get all these thoughts that that, that you like. All right, I, got, I guess there's an answer for it. We just got to go do it and figure it out. Yeah, yeah, man. So once once I once we get there, the kids start going to school, and Daisy became a teacher. Oh wow! At the at 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 the at the local school because okay, it's a foreign school. It's a foreign school, foreign inter- international school. So she began working there. At the same school with the kids, she didn't like it, so she changed. She uh, she taught there for about a year, and then she quit and started doing like just private tutoring. That gave her more free time. Mm. Our, the, the the school system really wasn't as what we expected, so we started homeschooling the kids, which made us even more close. And then Daisy had that free time, so she began training. And just like you, she caught the bug. <laughs> and um, at the start of the year, she started training in two thousand and eighteen. Like consistently, like like savage. So at the start of the year, January first, two thousand nineteen, we, we wrote our goals together. I wrote our personal goals. He wrote our personal goals. Then we wrote our goals together. And one of her personal goals was to fight. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. bro, when she said that, you know, as a husband, I'm just like, oh man, I need to support her. Mm-hmm. But then the other side is like, man, what if this and what if that? But right, I right. can't show that. You know what I mean? I'm doing all this preaching and stuff and <laughs> posting all this other stuff. I, I can't. No, no, I got to do it. I got to support her. So few months later she fought she did very well man like phenomenal outstanding mm. they fought again you know what i mean set up for another fight and that's that's the way it worked yeah did, did, the, the, worked. did, did the kids pick up the bug either one of them both yes of them? yes they picked up the bug but i mean they have kids fighting in thailand man believe it or not man these guys are seven and eight years old throwing four elbows and like oh, seriously wow. like no yes man fighting but that's the way of life out there so my son trained my daughter trained, but the, they never they never fought. Yeah, no, no I get. Yeah, I, I, I wait. I wait till his bones is a little bit more mature, and if he wants to fight, okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I'm there for you, son. I, I want to ask another question too, and and feel free to like you know pick up the story as, as we go through. Yes. But 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 one one more question because the process, man, and and I and I feel like you enjoy this too, right? But like I really enjoy the process of learning a craft right and and what i mean and you probably understand what i'm saying this but i think i'm addicted to like 
the process when it's hard. Meaning when I'm when I quote unquote master something, then I have to focus more to um to stay interested, right? Because I because I, I like I like being quote unquote you know new again and you know like being I don't want to say a scrub, but you know what I'm saying like like. <laughs> Relearning something. I know, new. man. Like, you, you you're in love with learning, you, especially if it's something that you like. You, yeah, a, you absolutely, man. So, are, are, I mean, the, like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, what is, you know, I, I feel like you feel the same way, and I love to hear your thoughts on that. But like you said, I had to find something deep down because once you get to a certain level, like you said, the 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 improvements comes like so small. It's it's, it's incremental, mm-hmm. very small. When you get to, when you first get to Thailand, if you were to go to Thailand tomorrow. If you were to come back in two months, you would be like 50 times better. You know what I mean? Hmm. Because you're not used to it. But if you go there for two years, three years, you know what I mean? Four years. After a while, it's only it's small. But what do you find? You have to find something deep within that motivates you to keep you going. Mm-hmm. To, that allows you to wake up every single day, mm-hmm. five, six in the morning to go jog and fight. Man, it's, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not easy at all. Yeah, but, but, yeah, I had something deep within. Yeah. Plus, I felt as though I owed it to not only myself but my wife for 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 believing in me and taking that leap with me i I owed it to my kids for making that sacrifice my kids never complained one time man that's dope so next step so let's let's fast forward you you get to the top now you're 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 back in the states you came back in the states this year right yes yes well actually december like december 18th yeah yeah so you can say this year you know (laughs) yeah yeah and and y'all opened up an academy in san antonio what's the name of it so so, so folks know Uh, Yes, the name of the academy is Kingdom Martial Arts Academy. What what I found interesting was like your whole philosophy on the academy is not it's not even like about fighting. I mean, it's about fighting, right? But mm-hmm. but like you know, talk. You know, what what's the what's the mission of the academy? Well, thank you uh, for putting it out there, man. Because yeah, we do fight, we do teach that, but our our philosophy is is personal development through the avenue of Muay Thai, through the avenue of martial arts. Personal development is growth. What is it teaching you? I mean, honestly, Phil, I can go get some some random John Smuckatelli, and he can he can he can beat somebody up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, anybody can do it. But far as what are you learning from, and how is it making you a better person? How is it deflating your ego? How is it giving you more patience? How is it allowing you to use the aspects of success? Is it teaching you goal setting? Is it teaching you um, mental fortitude? It's a lot of things that 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 facilities and gyms and camps around here around the world that they don't utilize and i want it to be different so that's that's our aim that's our gist and and, and honestly and I, i'm i'm not even just saying this man i i like my, my wife will tell you my my mental health spiritual health is you know above average like i'm i'm cool in a lot of stressful situations you know what i mean like and i don't even consider it stress i'm just you know, because I've been doing it in business for so long, but I'm, I'm, I can always see the positive and I'm, and I can always feel when I'm out of balance. Right. But since, mm-hmm. since we've been training, you know, the, the aspect that I realized that was missing was the whole pushing myself physically. Right. And, mm. and cause, cause when you push yourself physically, then you also have to get even mentally strong because it's just a different, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a different quote unquote muscle, right. That's, you know, I'm not even meaning to make mm-hmm. that a, a, an analogy, but you're working a different mental muscle when you're pushing yourself uh, physically, and so I feel like even even better. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I know it's cliche. People say mm-hmm. your energy and up or whatever. I'm like, man, I've, I was already confident, but like my confidence is up, my energy is up, I and mean, this is weird. My mm. al- my allergies aren't even bothering me anymore. You know, and mm. and, 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 and and I'm I'm more patient. And this is the most important. This is why I got Tate in it because Tate is Tate is like me and you like you know alpha male my fighting started a little late like you know we we fought as kids on the playground that didn't really count you know uh but mm-hmm. like the real fights in 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 college you know would happen when and, it, and i would never start it but it was more of a respect thing you know if you disrespect me mm-hmm. you know then you're gonna get punched in the face or if you try to punch me because you think i'm a punk <laughs> like you can get punched in the face scary yeah and and so and so it was it was one where a lot of that could have been avoided had i had more control over that kind of mental strength, and and so it's it's mm-hmm. in it's in Tate, and so I'm like, man, like I want him to learn the calm because I'm feeling myself more calm. You know what I'm saying? When I, when I deal with everybody, when yes. I deal with people who annoy me, people on Facebook, I'm not <laughs> I'm not getting as annoyed anymore. You know, even with relate you know conversations with 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 my wife, like I'm 
you know, the whole breathing, you know what I'm saying? Like I, maybe it's probably the breathing too. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're training, mm-hmm. you've been teaching us to breathe, but like all that is like making me uh, a, a better, you know what I'm saying? And and, and that's why I, I love what you're doing because like you said, it's not about, I mean, the fighting is cool. I love the fighting part. Like that's great. I yes. like that. But the side benefits I think are even better, which is what really is kind of hooking yes. me. Yes, 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 yes. I agree. I agree completely. And man, and like you said earlier, Man, TJ, TJ, he 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 loved to fight. Like you said, man, you know, I, I was I was cool. I didn't go around trying to be no bully, but you know, I was always at the park at 4 30. You know what I mean? I I, I I was at the park, man. I'm the one that started it actually. <laughs> me, me, me and New York Mike. I remember, man. Shout out to New York Mike, man. That was uh that was Latoya's brother, man. He was he was all right. I wonder what he's up to. Well, anyway, but think about it, man. Like, honestly. And my aunt, my aunt, she ended up telling me this a couple of years ago when she found out I was training. She felt as though because she knew because it didn't stop in high school, man. It's, it went all through the Navy and all that stuff. You know what I mean? And um, it, I know the reason why now, but, you know, that's, that's, that's later on. But even my aunt said it. She was like, well, I thought when you start learning that stuff, you was going to be like, oh, just getting into it and blah, blah, blah. But, man, I don't I can't explain it. You, it's something that you just learn and that you feel, but the better you get at this, the more you train, the more you fight in the ring, the less likely you're ready to use it. Mm-hmm. Feel me? I mm-hmm. promise, man. I've had people like talk crazy and do all that stuff. Matter of fact, now I'm not going to get to that. <laughs> yeah, I get to it. All right. So <laughs> I was doing a session. I think it could have been, I was doing a session uh, probably with you and Tate. And so, you know, we do it in the academy. So I'm online. And Daisy's right there next to me. And I see a guy walking to our parking lot of our academy. And he lets his dog just defecate, like, around, like, the fence area, like, in our parking lot. Oh, wow. So I walk outside, and I'm like, excuse me, sir, do you mind not allowing your dog to do this on my property? And he just started going off. Oh, if you want this, and blah, 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 call up there. I'm just going off. I'm just like, please, sir, I'm just asking you nicely. Can you not do that in this and that? Oh, there's an I'm like, sir, I just want to talk to you, man to man. He's yelling and going, going be, being belligerent. All right, man, I just, you know what, sir, have have a good day and God bless you. And mm-hmm. I and I literally meant it because I understand it's not me that he's upset at. It's something going on with him. Yeah, but fit, fit, you know fifteen mean? year old TJ would have fifteen year old. He has a great day. I'm about to say fifteen year old TJ would have two pieced them right there. Two- oh man, I'd have been on him like a cheap suit. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's, that, that's, that's growth, though, man. Yeah, now that's growth, though, man. Cause yeah, 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 yeah. The, the better you get at this, because you, you have nothing to prove. Right. You do this every day, Phil. Imagine if you if you lived in if you lived in San Antonio, you I know you'd be coming every day. Every day. I mean, you were sparring, and we're clinching every day. Yes, you sir. You don't have time to go prove to show your macho ness to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, God nah, bless them. Straight up. It's, so, so here's the last topic that I want to ask you about is like spirituality, man. So. Um, cause you have a unique perspective on spirituality, which is different than, you know, you know, being religious, whatever that means. But like, what, what are your thoughts on spirituality? Oh man, it's, I can honestly say that when, you know, I, you know that my dad's a pastor, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For years, man, he's been like that for years. So I have a, I have a history of, 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 of the Christian, the Christian background, but as I got older and I told you, I started a new way of thinking, I began to to search other avenues and other aspects. I mean, I started searching metaphysics and personal development books, self-help books, Napoleon Hill, Neville Goddard, all these guys, Earl Nightingale, Bob, I'm just reading everything. Then we moved to Thailand, I started studying Buddhism, Hinduism, I, I study everything. And at the end of the day, it's all, I wouldn't say that there's basically saying the same thing, but I would say that it's principles and knowledge that they give you that you can live by, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's universal principles. If 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 I it's, it's a universal principle. It's the law of gender. If I plant me an apple seed one trillion times, I'm going to get an apple tree a trillion times. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I think a certain way and do a certain thing a trillion times, I'm going to get the same result a trillion times. So these are like universal principles that sound simple, but people overlook and they never really apply them. Mm. And I'm here to tell them, like, man, if you learn them and apply them, your whole life will change. And I'm a witness. Yeah, you you know, and 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 this is something I'm gonna ask you too, because it's it's kind of a feeling that I get that that that's a different feeling that I got. And I know we all grow, 
but mm-hmm. um, and I only I haven't even told you this yet. You have like this, um, you know, like a a Buddhist monkish like zen to you. You know what I'm saying? That's like affecting I me. Know that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's rubbing off on me because like you're so like calm, but you know, people. You know, in in America, you know, we tend to be hard charging fast, you know, macho, blah, 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 blah. But you have like this, mm-hmm. this, this confident calmness about you that I just like wow. love, man. And I feel like that, you know, is that kind of an effect of Thailand and kind of their culture and being kind of, you know, um, you know, manly men, but also like, I don't got anything to prove, like relax. Let's just, you know, like, yes, we're, yes. We're, man, it's crazy. See, the thing about Thailand is, all right, you the, the 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 more you study and the more that you research and get into it, you will really start learning like very popular fighters. Okay, one of my favorite fighters is a guy named Pit Bunchu. It's a it's it's one of my trainers. His name is um Pitch Ek, right? Mm-hmm. He was the fighter of the year in Thailand, the whole country. He was a fighter of the year in 2000 uh 2002. This guy's oh. a, is a legend. Hmm. And you got to think these guys been fighting since they were like 7 and 8 years old. So they have like 250 fights. 300 fights easily. Mm. You know what I mean? So when you meet these guys, it's different from America. So right now, let's give an, I'll give an example. Pip Bunchu is the most decorated fighter in Muay Thai history, right? That's equivalent to, let's say, a Floyd Mayweather, right? There's, on my last day in Thailand, I actually text him up, well, messaged him up. He responded and I told him that, man, I'm, I'm going to be in Bangkok, this and that. He was like, yes, man, come through. And I, I went through there to his gym and me and him trained together, clinched together, talked, man, all that stuff. And he's like the most decorated. Wow. It's, fun, it's crazy. The better you are, the, 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 I don't know how to explain it. The, the, the lower your ego goes, you become more open. You become nothing to prove. I can't explain it. You just have to go to Thailand. But yeah, the, the, the energy is much different than America. That would never fly. Right. No. And, and I, and I think yeah, that's, yeah. That, that that that's what I like, man. Cause I think I think America needs more of that, man. Cause I just I just think some people are like just, you know, unhappy, you know, with with all these quote unquote things that other people are, you know, jealous about. And they don't, you know. But I'm like, no, nah, man. Like, you know, we need a little bit more like Thailand or, you know, in San, in San Antonio they call it the manana attitude. But a lot of these quote unquote um, countries that Americans look down on because it's like we went to Guatemala. My my homie got married in Guatemala. And we went to Antigua, which is like the, you know, the the, the place that all the tourists go. But even in Antigua, yeah, yeah, even in Antigua, I I found myself looking around, being like, oh man, these poor people. You know what I'm saying? Like they're, you know, they're they're living whatever. But they were like happy. You know what I'm saying? They were like they 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 didn't you know, they were just happy wow. with life. And I'm like by by day two, I'm like, wait a minute, poor me, because I can't relax. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm here yeah. chilling in this beautiful place, and. You know, why, you know, why do they need five bedroom, you know, homes here? You know what I'm saying? Why do, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and by the way, nothing's wrong with that. I'm, you know, if you like that, cool. But I'm just saying, you know, um, it's. You don't put your value on it. You don't put your self value on it. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Now, I definitely can say I picked it up from Thailand, man. When you're out there for so long and I was there training that six days a week, five minutes, five hours a day. You, you develop a, a relationship with those guys. I was at a foreign camp. Uh, Sitchapo is more, it's considered a foreign camp, right? So what, what I mean by that is foreigners come and foreigners go. Foreigners come, foreigners go. Another gym that I, that I, that I was sponsored at in Thailand, it was called Phuket Fight Club. And it's, the difference is they had a fight team. So when you go there, you got like nine or 10 guys that live there. Just like I was living in Hua mm-hmm. they lived in, they lived in, and they lived in Phuket and they lived at the gym and these guys were like savages. I, I just developed this, this, just a different state of mind. Okay. Being around these guys all the time, the way they act, I'm around the trainers all the time because the foreigners just come and go. I live here. These other foreigners, they don't live there. They come for two weeks and then they leave. They come for a month, then they leave. So I'm the one that's here for, for years and years. So me and my trainers, we developed a, a like a brotherhood. Mm. And like I said, the people you hang around with, that's who you begin to act like. Mm-hmm. So I just begin to act like it. So you you notice now when me and you train in our sessions, I might say stuff like, yeah, and you do same, same. Mm-hmm. When you come, you go forward and then you go back. You yeah. notice that? Yeah, I noticed that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I was around them for the last three and a half years, six days a week, five hours a day. And now when I come back home in America, I'm it's just like Thailand, bro. We, we go to the gym, 
with Taylor Academy, then we come back home, me and my family. Mm-hmm. Do, do, yep. do, you, do you plan to kind of have that same kind of same kind of demeanor that, that I had a few months ago? Do, do you plan to go back periodically for, for periods of time just to? Oh, of course. Of course, man. Of course. Um, depending on how everything go, goes with the academy, man, we're, we're looking at going in December. Mm-hmm. If you uh got to make it out there with us, it'd be it, it'd be dope. Well, no, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm asking because you know when I, I talked to uh, my homie Anthony this morning, was telling him about it, and I was I said yeah, me and Tate because he lives over in um like he'll be in different parts of Africa. They're in France right now because his daughter's you know um, in the hospital system. But um, okay, but uh, I was like, hey man, I'm 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 gonna go visit you on your side of the world. How far is Thailand from that? Because I think we you know. Next summer, with what I said, when Tate's out of school, I was like, we got to, you know, because I can work from anywhere. I was like, I just want to go for like, a, you know, a month or two and just kind of hit, hit, you know, hit up where you are or we can all meet in Thailand. And his wife had been in Thailand for a while. And he was like, bet. I was like, cool. I said, I'm going to see if, uh, I'm going to see if TJ going to roll with us. Man, let me know. I'll show you where to go. I'll show you. We, I'll show you where to, we can get some Kapow Mugop, Kautam, all that, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So no, well, cool. Well, let let everybody know how they can um read. Wait, let me let me backtrack because this is important too. Okay. How'd you get the name Thinking Man? Because that's how people can probably find you too. But how'd you get the okay, name yes, Thinking my, Man? My my Instagram is a uh, TJ the Thinking Man, and again, it's the way. It's when I started developing my, my different way of thinking. I'm gonna tell you what happened, man. I was actually at the bath. I was use. I was at work using the bathroom. You know, I should have been. <laughs> it's three in the morning. You know how it is at night shift. Uh-huh. I went to the bathroom. I'm just chilling. I'm just scrolling on my phone, you know what I mean, in the stall. And then I saw something on the comment. It said, um, so-and-so, so-and-so, he's, he's into that law of attraction stuff. So, man, I never heard of that. So I Googled it. Google law of attraction. And after that, I started reading about it, and then I started applying it. And then I'm just like, man, I think different than, than other people. I, I, I noticed that now. Things are changing. The thinking man, TJ, the thinking man. And then that's, that's, how, that's where it derived from. But far as like the, the pose and all that stuff, me doing the pose. Mm-hmm. If you look at my earlier fights, I got, I got a few earlier fights that weren't televised. Um, local fights there on YouTube. <laughs> when you see me start doing the pose, it's like totally different because I hadn't developed it yet. Mm. But I got to a certain point to where, okay, yeah, this is, this is the pose now. And then, shoot, it just got famous, man. I was, I'll be walking around Thailand and... I mean, people just recognize me and stop me and do doing the pose and taking pictures with me, man. It's <laughs> crazy. Because because that's in a was, foreign country, man. Like, wow. What, what, was that part of like I'm, I forget what it's called, but you know how before Muay Thai fights, you have your whole, um, you know, uh, I don't know what it's even called, man. But was that part of your uh, intro? I call it your intro routine. You know, you know what I'm talking about. What is, what is a technical term for that? No, 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 no. I would I would do it after after I won. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like if if, if I was to win, it's like on points or something like that. I wouldn't do it. But um, it was a major fight. I fought him January 27, 2019. I still remember this. And uh, remember that guy I told you about the one that had beat all those guys and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And that was like a very very big fight, huge fight. And I beat him, and it was like. Huge, and I end up doing the pose right there, and that's when that, it just went crazy after that. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I was just so happy to win, man. I, I, it was like blue corner. I snatched my hand from the referee. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy, man. The crowd went crazy, and then I just did the, I did the pose, man. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yes, sir. And good so, times. And so Instagram is at TJ the Thinking Man. At TJ the Thinking Man, and the academy is at Kingdom Martial Arts Academy. Got it. Got it. Well, well, man. Perfect. uh I, I appreciate you sharing. I definitely appreciate your service in the military, man. I appreciate you teaching me and transferring the energy and the knowledge. I'm, uh, I, I am hooked, and, and and I think, and I'm sure Tate is hooked. Uh, he keeps, yeah, he man. keeps telling I'm me. Excited he loves to watch you, watch you grow, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. Um, and, and feel free. I'm, I'm gonna answer a couple more questions, so you can you okay. can stay on or you can hop off. I know you. I know you got things going on, so it, it's up yes. to you. But don't don't feel like you got to stay. Last couple of questions. Why do you say you can't just buy and hold anymore? So here's the context of this question, right? So for forever, mutual fund companies and basically mutual fund companies and investment advisors have have talked about buying and holding, and that's the best way to invest. And and for a period of time, like it it was, but you got to understand the context of what they were talking about, right? So just like human beings have lifespans. Economies have lifespans, right? And they typically last a hundred or so years, maybe maybe 150 years. 
for different economies. But you can go back and you look 400-something years ago, the Dutch ran the world. Then 100 years later, it was the, the Spanish, right? And then 100 years later, it was Britain. And then 100 years later, it was the U.S. And so, and you can kind of go back and just look at that, right? It it's This is, again, when I, when I build processes, I like to look at a lot of data and then and not have subjectivity in it. And so when the buy and hold mentality came about, it was when America was the equivalent of a, a 22-year-old chap, a strong, healthy, right? And you're like, hey, I'm going to bet on this 22-year-old for the next 40, 50, 60, 80 years. And so, yeah, buy and hold made sense. Okay, today, America's like, mm, 82-year-old, 82-year-old with some health issues, put it that way, right? And let's give it, let's give it 10 years either way. And so I don't know if anybody, if, if you're, let's use the insurance analogy. If you're, if you're an insurance company uh, and you're writing life insurance policies, you're, not, you're probably not going to make a long-term bet on, on that patient. It doesn't mean like America's like going to die or whatever. It just means buying and holding and betting on uh, the American economy, which is most American investors. Like most investors in, in either, in any country are going to have a home bias, meaning the majority of what they're going to invest in is going to be based on their their locality and so you have to now be 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 smarter right and you have to say all right I'm going to own some US stuff but I'm going to pay attention and I'm going to think about commodities think about emerging markets think about when it makes sense to hold US companies versus emerging market companies think about Japanese countries so you you can't just like buy and hold and bet on America for the next 20 30 40 50 years in my opinion right and it's looking at objective data of the past and so you, you you have to be wise you have to pay attention to economics you have to pay attention to politics you have to pay attention to currencies you have to pay attention to the economic picture when you're investing because the whole buying holding deal from 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 my bet right that's that, that's to the next 50 years is not going to play out that way based on what i'm looking at so you you have to pay uh, more attention uh to what's going on and people will say well philip you know what what is the What's the next big opportunity, right? And, and that, I'm going to explain what it is, but it doesn't mean you should go put all your money in there right now because there are seasons. And right now, from what I'm looking at, the 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 best assets to own right now for the next three to five years is, is U.S. assets, even though it's an 82, 88-year-old that's showing health signals, right? But, but emerging markets for the next 50 years are where they're in the early stages, right? So, so China today is the the young 22-year-old, right? And then you, you have a lot of investment going on in Africa. And so there's a whole lot of places that when the U.S. came to power and were bullying everybody else in the world and the oil companies, I'm not going to even that, but a, a, a lot of that power is being taken away from the U.S. and they're no longer able to just bully companies, which means now you're going to have a lot of growth coming in these other other areas that were we we had great lives as Americans, but we had it on the back of America having the foot on the neck of other countries, and that's kind of diminishing. So, yeah, that's why you can't just buy and hold. You got to pay attention to what's going on. Last question. Philip, what is a wealth manager? Here's the simple version. I've answered this a couple different times. You basically have two types of investment advisors, people who give you investment advice. People who sell products for a commission, they might get paid different amounts based on the annuity they sell you or based on the mutual fund they sell you are based on the stock. It's, it's different commissions, and most people don't know the commissions, nor do they know the different commissions for what they uh, are being sold. And the things that are like the worst products pay the highest commission. And so p- human beings, the one of the principles that you just need to know, human beings are going to follow their their natural incentive, right? If, you, if you're a butcher, you're probably not going to be a vegan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, just, it's just, that's not... What feeds your family? It doesn't mean a butcher's a bad person. They're just not going to be a vegan, and, and, and so from a financial standpoint, you have a, a lot of a lot of the wealthy people have already dealt with wealth managers for years, right? Because well, but you had to have a million bucks to deal with a wealth manager. Technology's made it easy now for a young wealth manager like me to deal with people with less than a million dollars, um, and I still have clients with a million dollars. But but you can do with folks less than a million dollars because you can run a better operation with tech that doesn't cost. It's still it's expensive, but not as expensive as it was to ten years ago. And so what a wealth manager does, and the reason why rich folks have been working with them for years, is it's on a fee basis. There's no tie to products. We're paid a fee either for a financial plan and or for ongoing investment advice. 
and the fee is either uh, a flat fee based on a service, right, or maybe it's a percentage of assets under management for investment management or some combination of the two. But the, but the big point is the person giving you an advice is giving you advice that's objective. And, and what you'll find if you look at what a wealth manager like me recommends and manages for clients, like it's it's next to none of the stuff that is being sold by the and I'm gonna call out all of them, so I won't pick on anyone. The Edward Jones, the Merrill Lynch, the Morgan Stanleys of the world, like, and the any other Northwestern Mutual New York Life, like, and not that they're bad companies, but it's just uh, the stuff that I like to put my money in and my clients' money in doesn't pay a commission, you know, and so they're not able to offer that to clients because they, they like like the butcher and the vegan. They're they're not going to be a vegan because they're a butcher, and so that that is the big difference. I, I always say neither one of them is better, but just you know, like I'm, I'm kind of lying. I'm I'm saying that tongue in cheek. Obviously, I wouldn't be giving advice this way if I didn't think it was better because I, I did the other way before, and I wanted to be an objective advisor. But if you're dealing with a commission person, just know what you're dealing with and be educated because they're not they're not. And, and here's some here's a subtlety, right? A subtlety just to know. Like I, I, they're not able to tell you what to do. So you'll notice if you have if you have a commission based person, they'll say, "Hey, here's some products I recommend you put your money into. What do you think?" And it'll educate you uh, because they're not legally able to say do this. And if they do say do this, and they're a commission based advisor, then they're like breaking the law, right? And I'm sure that goes on. But most of them are just saying, "Hey, let me educate you on what you should do." But what do you want to do? And you're like, "Well, what am I paying you for?" I'm, I'm, I'm asking for your advice versus a wealth manager. I'm like, "Hey, I know your plan. I know your goals. I know what you're doing. Let me just clarify. Okay, a couple things. Are these still your goals? Is this your priority? Bam. Okay, I think this, this is what we're gonna do, right? And you're and they're giving you advice that's objective versus putting it on you to 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 try to try and read a 30 page prospectus and you don't know what fees you're paying, what commissions you're paying. Like that just is, is no incentive for a wealth manager to put those terrible products in your portfolio because it takes away from your money. And if it takes away from your money and they're getting paid an asset or percentage of assets under management, it takes away from what they're going to earn in the future. So you kind of you, you align your interest uh, with your advisor in that model, in my opinion. This is just one man's point of view. So you commissioner guys, don't 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 come at me because I train mood tight now. I might knock you out if you do. I think that's it. Last parting thought. It's the state of black wealth, right? And this is important in, in this environment. <clears throat> and, and instead of giving a whole monologue, I found a quote that kind of sums it up. If, if any of you follow Chamath Palahapatiya, founder of Social Capital. So if you can't spell that or pronounce that, just look up CEO of Social Capital. He's a young, rich tech billionaire that's like giving it to the system. Like he gets on CNBC and just talks mad trash to, to them and just speaks truth um, that none of these other folks that are like part of the, 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 the system will say. But this is his quote. So all of my church going Christian listeners don't, don't get mad. I'm reading his quote, but his quote said, get the fucking money. I'm serious. Get it. It is going to be made. It's going to be allocated. And you have a moral imperative to make sure that if you have a point of that matters, and you want to reflect it, you get it. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to go get it. Other people are going to go get it. Then it will be about competition of views. In the absence of capital, you're irrelevant. With capital, you're powerful, and then you decide, right? And so here's how I interpret that. And that's really like this point of view is my point of view from the get-go, right? We got to be engaged in politics. That's important. We got to call out injustices. That's important. We got to mobilize and protest when we need to. That's important. Where I think we, we haven't done it is really mobilizing like the money, right? Whether it's pooling money to buy real estate, saving, investing, all that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, people don't give up power, right? It's, it's either taken through force, which is like war, which nobody wants that. Right or is taken economically. I use China for a perfect example. China is a great example of outmaneuvering the U.S. Because again, the U.S. for a long period of time just put its neck on everybody and used use economic use either threat of military force or military force or bullying or bribing or whatever to just bully people. And China said, "Okay, we're going to take a different approach. We're going to like think that you're let you think you're smarter than us. We're going to participate economically. We're going to like save a lot of money over time." be a non-threat, be a non-threat, be a non-threat. 
right? Keep participating. And then the U.S. like let their guard down for years and they looked up and China was like this 25-year-old person with muscles, right? That was just staring at them like, hey, look, what's up, bro? You want to come with me now, right? And that's what's going on. Like China just economically set themselves up. And I think as, a, as an African-American, like that's, that's what we got to do. And I, I don't mean to make it confrontational, but it's just like, Let's still do all those things, but you got to understand there's certain people that just don't don't want us to have the economics. Like it's literally the history of slavery, right? The whole reason why we keep getting discriminated against it. There's a certain segment of people that just they feel like if we if we get more money, it takes away from their money, and, and maybe it does at some level, right? But I don't think it takes away from their money or from it takes away from the ones that abuse it, right? And I'm cool with that, but we have to get the economic part right. And and I think that's I think that's where we're going, and that's why I do this podcast. That's why I write books. That's why I give out so much free stuff. It my stuff is for everybody of all shapes, colors, religious beliefs. But I know that a lot of people who look like me listen because there's not a lot of people who look like me who are talking about this kind of stuff uh, out in the marketplace, and they like seeing people who look like them who talk about it. So that's my thoughts. Hey, thanks, Steve, for all you do, and uh, we're out. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.